1: Investing talk each day, then sports coverage and entertainment after hours. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
2: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Biden today is commemorating the 49th anniversary of the car crash that killed his first wife and infant daughter. He and his family went to visit their graves today, and their deaths occurred just after. Delaware voters elected Biden to the Senate back in 1972. That fatal car crash became a defining moment that has shaped the president's persona and career. A federal appeals court panel has ruled that Mr. Biden's vaccine mandate for larger private employers can take effect. Friday's 2-1 to ruling overturns a lower court stay. Florida Senator Rick Scott says his party's in a good position of recovering a Senate majority next year.
1: The Democrats have primaries, uh, with far-left candidates in North Carolina and Pennsylvania and Ohio and
2: Wisconsin. Scott told the Salem Radio Network Republicans will benefit from the fact many Americans no longer support the president's agenda. This is SRN News.
3: This Entertainment
1: Answer brought to you by Exergen. Actor Zachary Levi talks about training for his new role as NFL quarterback Kurt Warner in American Underdog. I had a good solid, you know, three and a half months, I think, of strength and conditioning.
0: And I got about a month and a half or so of quarterback coaching and training, which, like, I've thrown footballs, (laughs) but I was never a football player. And I certainly didn't know the mechanics of, you know, really throwing the best of spirals, and I did my best. But at the end of the day, there's never enough time to train.
1: American Underdog in theaters this Christmas. For more information, head to theentertainmentanswer.com.
4: Tis the season of giving, a time we want to give back, uh, thinking of family and friends. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here for United Faith Mortgage. And one of the great ways to give back would be have a little extra money in your month, whether that is to give to your church or an organization, a nonprofit or a ministry you support, or just to help out your family. A great way to do that would be to do a cash-out refinance, putting more money in your pocket, getting a better interest rate, and setting yourself up for the future. Relieve a little bit of stress, too. And right now is a great time to do that with United Faith Mortgage. Because United Faith Mortgage is lucky to have a very unique direct lender advantage, meaning their team is a part of a company that uses their own money and makes their own lending decisions, which is a win-win for you. For more information on how you can take advantage of a cash-out refinance with United Faith Mortgage, just visit them online at unitedfaithmortgage.com.
5: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. Analyst number 1330. Ryan Verica, analyst number 65233.
4: Portions of this program may have been pre recorded.
9: Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's
2: a strange doctor. doctor.
10: We finally made it to
11: campus. Welcome back. Second hour, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Uh, Reviewing a momentous uh, change in policy and monetary policy here in the U.S. It's interesting that at the same time, and I'm not going to have time to discuss very much today because, frankly, there's not much to discuss. The remaining pieces of the fiscal policy agenda of the uh, Biden administration are basically on hold because it appears they do not have the votes to pass them in the Senate. Um, uh, it, it, it does feel like this week is the week everyone sort of woke up and said, well, well wait a minute, if we don't have 50 votes we can't pass anything can we well you don't have 50 votes um, you've got at least 51 and maybe 52 and in their heart of hearts I suspect there's more than 52 but some of them may be a little a little worried about uh, actually coming forward and saying they're not in favor of uh, build back better uh, but that which I think would add to inflationary pressure If it were to pass, Um, and I don't even need to rely on the it's paid for, it's not paid for, and I don't really care about the sunsetting of various popular spending provisions within it. It front loads the spending. Okay, the bill front loads a lot of spending and therefore would be an increase in aggregate demand through an uh, expansionary fiscal policy. It would increase inflation were it to pass. I do not know whether or not the Fed has uh, has uh, d- done much. I did note uh, that uh, Powell and another Fed governor have said basically that it would be expansionary for them to pass that. And having said what they said at this press conference, it would be problematic for them to do so but that is out there and that might make them go even faster so let me review one let me, let's me let continue our review of the of the transcript I'm reviewing the speech the prepared remarks of Chairman Powell at the Wednesday press conference and and they've now said basically we're going to be balanced but again I don't think I don't see where the balance is if you thought inflation was getting out of hand, wouldn't you think at some point they're going to have interest rates move above what they think the long-run rate is? Their long-run projection from the summary of economic projections. Again, everything I'm telling you right now, you can you can find on on our on our Twitter feed using the hashtag pound kbrs. If you look at the summary of economic projections. Three rate hikes in, in 2022, three more rate hikes in 2023, two rate hikes in 2024. Okay, do the math. That gets you to 2.1. Three and three and two is eight. If they're coming up at, at 25 basis point increases each time, that gets you to 2%, to a two to two and a quarter. Their long run stated... Uh, Fed funds rate, what they believe is the neutral Fed funds rate, is 2.5%. They never plan to have monetary policy at a tight place. So how does he explain that? Well, let's listen. Cut number 11, please.
3: With inflation having exceeded 2% for some time, the committee expects it will be appropriate to maintain this target range until labor market conditions have reached levels consistent with the committee's assessments of maximum employment. All FOMC participants forecast that this remaining test will be met next year. The median projection for the appropriate level of the federal funds rate is 0.9% at the end of 2022, about a half percentage point higher than projected in September. Participants expect a gradual pace of policy firming, with the level of the federal funds rate generally near estimates of its longer-run level by the end of 2024.
11: So, and I apologize, it's a bit of a longer cut, but, it, but we, sh- we, we need to pay attention to two p- parts of this. With inflation having exceeded 2% for some time, the committee expects it will be appropriate to maintain this target range until labor market conditions have reached levels consistent with the committee's assessment of maximum employment. All FOMC participants forecast that this remaining test will be met next year. In other words, they haven't gone back to balance. They're still using the same mechanism they had before, so the the, the piece the the piece I tweeted from from the money and banking blog uh, earlier this morning is correct on this. They're very evidently not changing how they're handling this, and furthermore, they're not changing the rate at which they're not even suggesting that they're going to raise interest rates leaning toward favoring reducing inflation over unemployment. Unemployment is still the primary target for, for the Fed. Now, even in the face of 5% inflation, right? again, I'll go, ba- I'll go back to this point. They forecast PCE inflation at 5.3%. Core PCE inflation at 4.4% for this year and 2.7% for next year. And their reaction to this had been, well, over the next 10 years, it will grow and it will be okay. We'll get to a 10% number of 2.2% for the 2020s, as Scott Sumner points out. Now, they're okay getting to 2.4%. So what happens if the what happens if the unemployment rate were to rise even more? This is why I do think uh, uh, Martino Booth's comment that we played last time. Mean, in fact, let's play this again. In fact, I want to play both cuts of that. This is Daniel Martino Booth she, uh, from Quill Intelligence. She was on Yahoo Finance on, on Wednesday, and she had this to say, cut number one.
9: Well, I think I think the Fed needs to be to be more measured than it's being pressured to be and specifically pressured by politicians. So we have to remember that Jay Powell has been one of the most active Fed chairs in the history of the institution in terms of how often he's up on the hill and how many people in Congress that he's visited with in the meetings that he's had. So he he's feeling tremendous amounts of pressure to 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 try and attack this 39 year high in in inflation.
11: Right. He she, he is he's being pressured. But remember, the pressure on this has two caveats. First, he's up for reappointment, right, as chair. He's just been renominated by by President Biden. He has to go to the Senate. And he's got a fifty fifty Senate that he needs to get votes from. It's almost for sure. That there will be Democrat votes that vote against him, I I cannot imagine Elizabeth Warren voting for him. Cannot imagine. In fact, uh, mark me down. I don't do much in the way of political forecasting, but mark me down as Elizabeth Warren running for president in twenty
5: twenty four. I'm a capitalist. Come on. I, I'm looking
11: forward to. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing. Uh, the, 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 as I like to call it, the harridan of Harvard, um, speak a little bit more about capitalism. Boy, it just puts my teeth on edge. I need some calming music, Sean. Can you play something to calm me down? Because that just kind of made me, made me. Yeah, yeah, Sean, don't, don't interject anything. <laughs> From from her, unless I'm ready for it, because I don't know. Uh, the, um, the 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 um, the the problem here is that he does need to get 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 confirmed. So when DeMartino Booth says he's being pressured about inflation, those pressures are two sided, and add to that the fact that. The Fed has to manage this with, uh, in a way that doesn't provoke a fiscal crisis in terms of drastically increasing the cost of servicing federal debt. It has to do this in such a way that that the feds that the fiscal authority, still the the Congress and pres the president, still have the ability. To pass spending bills that fund a couple of their pri- priorities, uh, what's you know coming forward, and I think DeMartino Booth is getting at this with this second cut, cut number two, please.
9: Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to say because of the rapidity, and I don't I don't mean to get in the we- weeds here, but how quickly the yield curve is compressing is very problematic for the Fed. And that that tells you that they may be running out of time. So the difference between the two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury, which is something that we spoke about for, it seemed like an entire year in 2019 that is problematic all over again we've seen it go from 160 basis point 1.6 percentage points to 80 in the space of six seven months that's the fastest we've ever seen the yield curve compress and i would hate to have to be jay powell and say come march the yield curve might even be inverted if the market begins to anticipate too much tightening, and you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place, proverbially speaking, because you cannot hike interest rates when the yield curve is telling you the economy is going into recession.
11: You also can't hike interest rates when, it, when, when that, that inverted yield curve means that all the short-term debt that the Fed has, that the fiscal uh, authority, the Treasury is issuing, has to sell at higher and higher rates and adds to the adds to the budget deficit. That's, that's an issue there as well. And so the Fed says what I think is pretty something that I think is pretty interesting in terms of and I tweeted to you this this concept about about the flattening of the yield curve, but the Fed actually says something about the taper and you know what maybe the best thing to do is we're going to we're going to stop here and play that last bit of Powell after the break. We're going to be talking about what does it mean to taper and and the fact that the Fed why is the Fed doing this? Okay? Because frankly frankly D Martina Booth is right. She they could there be a recession in 2022 or is the yield curve really telling us that? We'll talk right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan show on the Biz 1440.
0: I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. Ah!
1: <laughs> Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
7: Many people are searching for the right 401k decisions within these crazy markets. Are you looking for a local community of investors with the right skills that could help build confidence? Make better financial decisions right here in the Twin Cities because you are the best steward of your own money. Call OTA today to learn more in our free introductory investing class, either in-center or virtually at 952-814-4410, 952-814-4410, or go to
4: learnwithota.com.
12: Hey, you still got that trick knee? it starts hurting whenever the weather's going to change?
4: Yeah, I'm feeling it that way. It's that old hockey injury.
1: You know, an Arctic spa all weather pool from Premier Pool and Spa could help you relieve some of those aches and pains. No kidding, eh? Hey? Yeah, imagine coming home from a long day at the salt mine and easing into a world of warmth and comfort.
8: Oh, yeah,
4: I can almost feel it. And then, when you're all limbered up, you can stay in tip-top shape with an invigorating swim. Wow, sounds like an all-weather pool from Premier Pool and Spa is a hot tub, a spa, and a pool all in one. Yeah, and because it's engineered for the world's harshest climates, it's perfect for Minnesota. Hey, maybe after a few sessions in my pool, I can actually get back on the ice again. If you mean for ice fishing... Then I would say, let's go, eh? That's probably more my speed. Hey, all-weather pools from Arctic Spa are on sale now at Premier Pool and Spa in Hassan. You deserve it. Premier Pool and Spa, online at premierpools.com.
5: It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather.
1: Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see our daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP Fan Club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. For 11, work. Working for a living,
13: work. working for
8: working for never, living and I'm working. I'm taking what they're because 'cause I'm working for a living. Welcome
11: back. King Banyan show, the biz 1440. We're trying to figure out I think my my conclusion on this is that the Fed has even more faith in Jay Powell than I do. I I will say I don't dislike this guy. Um I I I will I think he's so far been better than I would say better than Janet Yellen. I would also say... Probably... Probably not... I'm not yet convinced he was better than, than Ben Bernanke, who I... I uh, who... who You know... I think we had a series of good governors, beginning with Volcker, Greenspan, and 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 Bernanke. Yellen was a... Well, that wasn't such a great choice. Um, I don't think he's done badly, but he does need to be re- reconfirmed. And I do think this is part of his issue is that he has to. He has to be confirmed and will need votes from both parties to do it because both parties are split. Uh, Tom Cotton has been out saying heck no, and I, again, can't imagine Elizabeth Warren voting for him. So you have people who I, don't, I was going to say on each end of the, each end of their respective parties I don't know what that means in this particular case, um, but so maybe, maybe you don't need, need to use that as a qualifier. Just say there are people in both parties who will oppose the, the, the confirmation, the, the confirmation of uh, Jay Powell. And so therefore, in a 50/50 Senate, you're going to need votes from both parties, too for his confirmation which I think means he has to make it sound like he's going to he's going to fight inflation because I think there are people who have to who have to be convinced on this question. I don't think it's going to be hard. I, I mean, do I think he won't be confirmed? No, he's going to get confirmed. The question is how many votes from each side will flake off to sort of make political statements. I think Tom Cotton's statement is political and I toward 2024. I think Elizabeth Warren's statement is political and I toward 2024 and that's just normal politics that's that i'm, I'm not a I, I don't get mad at either of them i just I, I don't agree with them but i don't i'm not mad about that but what i found interesting about this was again to go back if you go back and listen to the first hour of the show and i would say again if you missed the first hour of the show twin cities business you can listen you can listen to the show by by getting the podcast you have to be a vip club member to do so and being a VIP club member is pretty pretty wonderful. Uh so you should do it. You should go to twincitiesbusinessradio.com and sign up for the VIP club and then get the then get the uh podcast for this show and all the other shows produced here at uh at the Biz 1440. But there were a couple things that happened here that made that I found very interesting. One I as I talked about the top of the show the stock market first went," Ugh, and then was like, "Oh, I guess things will be okay after all." the market The market kind of cratered on us and then went right back to where it cratered, particularly as it started to think about what was happening on Tuesday and wednesday but But by the time the press conference was over and the market closed uh, at uh, closed on the East Coast the market had basically come all the way back um, had come all the way back to where it had opened the week if you're looking at the NASDAQ or the S&P 500 both of them had, had eliminated all of the losses from earlier in the week if the Fed was withdrawing liquidity at a rapid rate at a rate the market didn't like do you think that would have happened? probably not and here's the other thing about this. Here's the other thing the Bank of England raised its interest rate Thursday. The Norwegian Central Bank raised its interest rate Friday. So we have central banks in other countries raising their rates when we're not, and basically have said we're on hold on that until March or April at the earliest. Okay? He says in the in the meeting, okay, during during uh, during the speeches, he says, "We're two we're two more weeks until we're two meetings until we stop the taper." So if I go and look at the at the 2022 calendar, the next meetings January 25, 26, then then after that March 15, 16, those are the two meetings where the taper ends. If they wait until the taper is done to raise interest rates, the first interest rate hike doesn't happen until May. After which they've got five more meetings to have... in order to do what they say they want to do. So I think, I think perhaps perhaps the market believes that they are th- that they're going to even stay further behind the curve and my evidence for that is the dollar has depreciated against the euro and other major currencies that's another rate that i keep my eye on pretty pretty significantly is what's happening with the dollar euro exchange rate i can't look at the yen because japan is a kind of a special case at this point i can't look at china because that's not really a market rate it's control it's it's completely managed by lots of different levers that uh, that the uh, that the Chinese uh, central bank has and and the and the Communist Party of China has. Um, so there isn't any way in which you can you can look at anything other than I in my mind. You look at the euro euro dollar is your best bet. The next best bet is looking at the pound dollar rate. Um, but um, but if you watch it. If you if you watch that rate, um, if you're watching that, that that rate, you have to conclude that the that you know that particularly over the last few uh, uh, the last few weeks and months, the dollar, which should rise if we're going to become more hawkish relative to the rest of the world, fell, which particularly fell during the press conference which tells me that people listened to the press conference and decided, oh, he's not really moving as much as we think he is. So I've spent about 86 minutes of showtime, basically telling you the Fed didn't do as much as people want to believe they did. And that's basically my conclusion. They didn't do as much as you think they did, but they did do one thing, and I think they've teed up something that we're going to have to pay attention to. Here's the last bit of the f- of the prepared remarks of Jay Powell on Wednesday, cut number 12.
3: We are phasing out our purchases more rapidly because with elevated inflation pressures and a rapidly strengthening labor market, the economy no longer needs increasing amounts of policy support. In addition, a quicker conclusion of our asset purchases will better position policy to address the full range of plausible economic outcomes.
11: In- I cut off the last piece. We prepare to adjust the pace of purchases if warranted by changes in economic outlook. Even after our balance sheet stops expanding, our holdings of security will continue to foster accommodative financial conditions. This raises for me a huge point. And I tweeted in the the feed, and there's lots of blogs and newsletters that I've put into the show feed at Pound KBRS. There's there's stuff you can read for the, the entire weekend if you, if you wish to take time to do it. It's what I've been doing pretty much since, since 5 o'clock on Wednesday except for time off for, uh, for commencement uh, and for doing uh, our quarterly Business Report review on Thursday morning. I've been reading lots of different pieces. One thing I read yesterday afternoon because I read David Bonson pretty much the minute he comes out with, uh, with the uh, Dividend Cafe – the week, The weekly dividend cafe, um, super good piece this week. Talking about where where is the where is the this, uh spread or what's happening with what's happening with uh, this taper. Um, I think it's time to think about whether or not instead of t- instead of Thinking about a raise in interest rates, which they've signaled, they're going to they're going to raise interest rates while they're holding a portfolio of, of mostly of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities that is now nine trillion dollars versus four trillion dollars. Now, some of that expansion has has been put in place to create a bunch of of standby standby mechanisms, standby facilities. Uh, to do repurchases, um, that probably will be there in a in a different, regardless of whether the Fed lets a runoff or not. Uh, so one of the things David points out is um, does a little back of the envelope calculation done by a by a friend of his who says the pre pandemic balance sheet of four trillion standing repos of two trillion gives you a $6 trillion balance sheet policy goal. We, meaning that at current levels, at a current $9 trillion level, which is where they'll be in March when they finish the expansion, they would have $3 trillion to get to the ideal level, the steady state level of six. How rapidly will they let that run off? And as they let that run off, that 3 trillion is going to be 2 trillion dollars assuming that they take they take it off the balance sheet in the same proportions they put it on the balance sheet 2 of that 3 trillion is going to be treasury securities now my my assumption is they will not sell, actively sell into the marketplace and drive interest rates higher they can't but what they will do is is basically let those Bonds run off the balance sheet and not replenish them, meaning that when the the Treasury comes to auction, they're not going to find that the Fed is there buying their debt. That is likely to raise interest rates, but perhaps at a lower rate and and certainly without the fingerprints of the Federal Reserve being on it. When Powell said we're building in three interest rates, the thought, and this is what's in David's newslet- David Bonson's newsletter that I think, well, that's interesting because I didn't think that would be the way we'd do it, is that they may be raising interest rates while maintaining the $9 trillion balance sheet. What's interesting about that is, if you increase interest rates, the value of the bonds in your portfolio diminishes. Meaning that the Fed will take a loss on the portfolio. I'm not sure how that's going to be presented to the public, but that's the implication. If you do the if you do an interest rate rise to say one and a half percent, you do the six you do the you do the six increases implied by 2021 and 2022. That means that the Fed funds rate at the end of 22 or excuse me at the end of 23. Uh, would be at 1.5%. They put a lot of those bonds on 10-year treasuries at interest rates below 1.5%. Are they going to write off or write down the losses and how will they do that? Um, And more interestingly, it would be more meaningful for the Fed if it was to withdraw from the market now, but I think they can't do that, and I think David's right about this. They can't do that because to do that exposes the Treasury to refinancing risk from having to roll over the short-term bonds that it's been issuing. This is why we said on the show shoot, two, three, four years ago, that at the lower interest rates we were experiencing at the time, Treasury and I'm I'm pointing back at the Trump administration, should have been issuing 30-year bonds, as many as, as the market would take, and should have been looking at 50-year bonds and showing as many of those as the market would take. And there would be been a market for 50-year bonds. Um, 50-year bonds that pay maybe 3% interest are something that a lot of insurance companies wanting stable income to in order to pay c- claims uh, to pensioners um, would have been very happy to put on their books. I don't. They didn't do it. The Biden administration's not doing it. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna come back and bite people. And we warned you about that. I'm well past my time for a break. I'll be right back after this. You're listening to the King Banging Show on the Biz 1440.
7: Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? million for less than 200 per month call big lou at term provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects call 800 2085 right now 800 2085 remember big lou's like you he follows the science too call 800 2085 or visit big com. big lou doesn't give tax advice
11: welcome back king banyan show the biz 1440 just trying to get my myself straight here with uh with what we've we've played and not played we're just working through this um this 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 period where i think the fed Didn't do as much as they thought. Think about this. pointed out by Peter Buchvar. I'm going to play a clip of him in a moment. But um, we saw rate hikes from the Bank of England, as I mentioned, the Central Bank of Norwegian, uh, the Central Bank of Mexico, the Central Bank of Russia, the Central Bank of Hungary, the Central Bank of Chile. They all raised their rates. The ECB is closing one of its quantitative easing facilities, although they'll keep the other one online. Even Japan is cutting back on quantitative easing. So everybody seems to be put in place that, that way. Meantime, we're just going to do QE slower over the next three to five months. I don't expect that the reverse rate increase will happen till May. I cannot see them both ending QE and raising rates simultaneously. It's just... It feels like... It would, take, it would take some bad news on inflation to get them to move faster. They're pretty clearly thinking they don't have to raise rates very fast. They do not have to raise them above what they see as being their long-run neutral rate of two and a half. So they've sort of talked themselves into a pathway where I think what they'll do is they'll end QE in March, first rate hike in May, and every other meeting... Every other meeting, they will do another rate hike. Um, so that the third one will fall in December, and that's kind of the pathway they're on right now. I'm sure there are I'm sure there are governors who would like to go faster than that, and indeed, some of the more hawkish governors are likely to show up uh, as FOMC voting members in the next in the next uh, period. Uh, and I think this is this is um, this is uh, some of the speculation that's happening. Let's listen to a little bit of that speculation. Michael Gapin, who's the uh, chief economist at Barclays, uh, was uh, on. I think I want to say this was on uh, Yahoo Finance as well. Uh, let's go ahead and play this cut number three. I think probably what the market is reacting to is the, the cumulative number of hikes that are in the median, 3, 3, and 2, so only 8. So leaving the, the funds rate short of where most on the committee think is, is neutral by the end of 2024, perhaps the concern was that the Fed felt it was far enough behind inflation that it would need to put the terminal rate above the neutral rate over-tightened to bleed out some inflation and inflation expectations, which would have been a negative for risk assets. So if I had to guess, it's probably more about the terminal rate than it is about the pace of hikes between now and 2024. Makes a lot of sense to me. If the market was expecting them, I get, I would say if the market was expecting that they were going to announce that maybe by 2024, they'd have a 3% fed funds rate. I think the market would have swooned quite a bit. Um, but I never thought that was going to happen because a three percent Fed funds rate is unsustainable with a government running uh, running debt to GDP ratios at one hundred and ten percent. I don't think they can do it. I think they're I think they're kind of locked into the same kind of dilemmas that faced the pigs uh, ten years ago. The pigs being of, uh, Portugal, Ireland, Italy, Greece, and Spain. Um, uh, I think they're caught in that that same southern southern europe trap that those countries fell into and it'll be interesting to see how they try to get themselves out of it i do think the fed if the fed is going to raise rates starting in may a lot of their logic will will revolve around the word normalization in a normal world the fed fights recessions first with the tool of reducing interest rates and then when they reach the zero bound, they put on quantitative easing. That's what they're comfortable with. They have quantitative ease to to a point where the the balance sheet is probably 50 percent more than what would be normal, assuming and and I, I separate for the moment that I I don't know that they needed need two trillion dollars of standing repo facilities, but. But assume that that 's now baked into the cake that 's where the fifty percent number comes from they are nine trillion dollar they're going to be a nine trillion currently eight point seven five they're going to be a nine trillion dollar balance sheet that needs to find its way back to six trillion in order for that to be normal in their view and they need a, they need a fed funds rate that goes back to two and a half percent to get normal in their view if they get a recession anytime soon what they will want is is probably the the Fed funds weapon at hand first because they can't go to the QE weapon because they've already got a bloated balance sheet so my thought is they that the Fed will raise interest rates before it does QE and I understand I understand uh, before it does quant uh, tapering and I understand uh, I understand uh, David Bonson's view my own view is that's the weapon they're most comfortable with. It makes the biggest statement, even though we know that quantitative easing does it does lower uh, interest rates that it does improve financial conditions and it does have the impact that you want. it is harder to measure, and I think the Fed still doesn't have the level of comfort it has with it has with interest rate changes, so it's going to load up it's going to load up its bazooka to fight the next recession, the first bazooka it's going to load up is going to be the interest rate bazooka and then it'll load up the balance sheet bazooka after that's after that's that first bazooka is ready to go. Taking three years to do it and thinking that the Fed is going to be for the next two years with a nine trillion dollar balance sheet that has a lot of exposure to movements in interest rates, it's kind of kind of an interesting place to be. Um, but I think that's where they are. Uh, aforementioned Peter Buchvar was, was on CNBC uh, on, on, on Wednesday and had this to say relative to the Fed's behavior, uh, cut number four.
12: Well, to what Steve said also was that they are speeding up the QE, obviously, ending it, and reiterating that they're going to go really slow with rate hikes. I mean, keep in mind, they're raised three times next year. The Fed Funds rate 75 basis points to one, still deeply negative real rates. They raise again three times in 2023 and will probably have still deeply negative real interest rates. So it's a glacial pace of rate hikes, but the quick uh, ending of QE. And also keep in mind, QE influences asset prices and financing the US Treasury. They're ending that quickly that's one point four four trillion dollar program that's going to zero in a few months, whereas what will directly impact economic demand is obviously the fed funds rate and inflation and they're and and they're going to go really slow with that
11: so some of that cut out on me so i had I had trouble hearing hearing all of it but um, but I think what what I remember him having to say is, is that is that again this is a very slow pace I would encourage you if you're trying to track all of this to keep your eyes on on three indicators we've talked about them today one the spread in the yield spreads and particularly I'm watching the uh, 10-year treasury bond minus the two-year treasury bond I do not think um, I do not think that that rate is going to that rate is particularly troubling now and signaling a recession. But we know when that reaches zero that it will. And it has dropped significantly from a peak. From a peak, uh, let me go back to get the uh, get just a one-year peak. If I look at the top of it, on March 29th, the spread between those two rates was 1.59%, 1. 1. or 159 basis points. It currently it closed it closed yesterday at 75 basis points, so it's fallen by more than half. But remember, people saying, "Oh, it's dropping! Oh, it's dropping!" A one percent spread between the two and the ten has not been that unusual in the last decade. It was a little more unusual in the previous decade, but in the last decade, in the 2010s, it wasn't all the altogether that unusual. If I go back and and look what happened at that time. You know, it was higher than this back in the early part of the 2010s, but it was down around this level by the time we got to 2005, and there was still two, three years to run. It's when that gets negative. Every time it gets negative, it gets to negative, where the 10-year rate is below the two-year rate. A recession has happened shortly thereafter. But just as a reminder, It first went negative in February of 26, and the recession didn't start until, of course, early 2000, in December 2007. So there was an 18-month lag there. Go back to 2000, it inverted, it inverted in uh, February of 20, in February of 2010, uh, of 2000, and the recession didn't start until 2021. So even if it was to invert, the recession still has has 6 to 8 months to go. So I don't think it I don't think it's I think it's too soon to worry about that. So that's one indicator. The other indicator that you absolutely must pay attention to in my mind has to be has to be that euro dollar exchange rate. If the Fed is getting tight is getting tight, that rate will increase cuz the the Europeans are not going fast on this. The UK might be going a little bit faster, but but in in Europe, they're not going very fast. Yet the euro is strengthening versus the dollar, and that should tell you something about the stance of monetary policy in the United States. So I would hold on to those two indicators as being two of the real keys on, on going forward. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz
0: 1440.
1: The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
11: Hi, I'm Ben Hageman. I own American Pressure with my brother. Being family-owned and operated has allowed us to be very nimble and plan for demand and growth. Yes, we have machines and accessories on the shelf. With more arriving every day, we focus on delivering value by offering a full range of pressure washers and steam cleaners. And we are looking forward to taking care of our customers for years to come. Give us a call at 763-521-4442. American Pressure.
7: How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable.
13: Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Our base computer-
6: Get that Rack Shack Attack Rack
0: Shack Barbecue To do you right We take time
3: Hi, Tom Matini here. Are you thinking of buying your first home? The best place to start is with an easy, no obligation free qualification Just go to getalonewithtom.com. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all applicants will qualify. Program and property exclusions apply. Other restrictions may apply. NMLS number 6606, equal opportunity lender.
1: Soaking up the sun in Fiji. Walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis. or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
11: Welcome back King banning show I hope you're getting ready for a beautiful end of your 2021 it's been a year, hasn't it? And I, I just a moment to reflect as we come to the end of uh, this year. We will be off next week, obviously, because it'll be Christmas. Um, we plan to record a show for you for New Year's Day. So, if you're of a mind where you don't want to watch parades in the morning on a Saturday morning, or or some some secondary bowl ge- football college football game. Um, you can come listen to us uh, in two weeks. We'll be back live with a show. We'll record it because uh, we'll be we'll be probably home uh, home with family. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to doing so, and hope you will be too. But if you have if you have a chance, we wanted to give you something, so we'll we'll be doing that. I think the reason for a lot of the. What I consider to be a lot of overreaction, the anxiety with which people react to every piece of market news. And I thank you, Don, for noting the, the focus on, long, on the long term. I think you have to go back and look at a lot, lot of data. Everyone wants to believe this time it's different. Not really. It is true. And I, I'll confess, one of the things that makes forecasting in this world very difficult is that if I try to go back and find ten other modern pandemics and figure out what happened then to try to project what's going to happen now, I don't have anything. I tried that. I tried looking at Hong Kong flu and avian flu and and looked at market reactions to those things, and they're just the size of this has been such, and the reaction uh, of the health health policy to it has been such that you simply. There's no real comparison, and I've kind of given up that project uh, as a result. Uh, I, don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it makes much sense. I, and, you know, Spanish flu is 1919. It's a different world. You don't, you know, think of all the time we spent talking about supply chain issues. The amount of, of international trade that happened in 19, 1919 and the amount of international trade that happened in 2021 are simply incomparable. You, you 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 learn nothing by trying to study that. To say anything about today, so that's what gives people a lot of a lot of anxiety. That said, markets are skillful at curing themselves when allowed to do so. One of the cures, and this is something I've emphasized on the show over and over again, has been higher prices. I. I have been of two minds about higher prices. One, I needed to know that the Fed is really paying attention to whether or not they get embedded in wage price spirals. I'm more nervous about that than I was six months ago. And frankly, today's show was about the fact that I don't think the Fed has made me feel any easier about it than, than I was on Wednesday at 1 o'clock when the announcement came out. I still think, I still think they're not quite there in terms of what I need. But the other thing that to pay attention to is the fact that you live in a world where those higher prices are encouraging people to find ways to get goods to market we're learning how to we are learning in some ways how to live with the pandemic and find ways to work around even such things as as getting things through ports getting things over oceans to us it is much better than it was before because frankly despite everybody's effort free market economics is actually getting those things to us and i give thanks for those and for that i thank you for listening this year to this show i thank sean for spending time with us and we'll talk to you again in the new year on the king Banyan show on the biz 1440
10: merry christmas it's michael owner of appliance renew the place where a little scratch or ding don't mean a thing It seems everywhere you turn, there's bad news, worker shortages, supply chain issues, and inflation. At Appliance Renew, we want to fill the Twin Cities with hope and joy. The joy of finding a new scratch and dinged appliance for up to 50% off. We carry all the major brands, receiving new scratch and dinged inventory weekly. You know that little ding? It don't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. I run every appliance through a 20-point inspection checking that all components belts and lines are running at peak performance. My promise to you is a fully tested and warranted new scratch and ding appliance. Visit us in our Farmington showroom or online at ApplianceRenew.com. That's ApplianceRenew.com. Merry Christmas from our Appliance Renew family to yours.
6: We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started.
2: Sponsored by Specialty
13: Medical. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials.